0: hello and welcome back to the penultimate episode of series three of three sports rankers the lockdown pods as uh, they've become known to nobody and uh actually guys seeing as we're entering into a second lockdown or at least i am anyway are you guys caught in the in the north is generally screwed kind of spectrum
1: we seem to be like just on the border of getting caught i know bradford and Kirklees are both going back under we seem to have have survived for now in leeds but it does seem to be a sort of element of inevitability about it like we're, we're, we're very close to a lot of hot spots so uh our time may be coming in the next few weeks
0: Although I'm not sure we can guarantee a a Series 4 straight off the bat. (laughs) But (laughs) we will do our best, uh, lockdown permitting. Uh, That's Sam Barker, Callum Scotland's with me. I'm Rob Schofield. And uh, as I say, this is Series 3, Episode 8, our second listener topic of the series. And uh, it is Sporting Scandals this week. Um, I have decided to choose... A topic which I can play no part in describing or explaining whatsoever and uh, as was uh, foreshadowed last week uh, I have given a little disclaimer that I will be showing absolutely zero opinion when deciding upon the podium for this week uh, as I quite like my job. Uh, so guys how was this week's uh, research? I suppose greatest is a bit of a strange kind of way to approach a, a topic like sporting scandals. Yeah I think biggest sporting
2: scandals would maybe be the better way to describe it but um quite a lot of them was what I found there's quite a lot of sporting scandals to pick from and then there's you know the sporting scandals which are directly related to the sport and then there's sporting scandals which just involve sports people but not directly involve their sport so it was um a pretty careful juggling act. And um, I, I, do you know what? I think I'm quite happy with the three that I've come out with. Yeah. Where
0: on the list do the 1996 Liverpool FA Cup suits rank? Do we have any of David Beckham's haircuts in here?
2: No, I've, I've gone a bit more um, no. criminal than that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Some of David Beckham's haircuts are pretty criminal. <laughs> some of those suits, in fairness. But um, actual, <laughs> actual criminal
1: yeah, I'm kind of with you on that, Callum. Like it was, I went into it thinking that was, it was going to be quite obvious to me what was going to make my podium. Um, and then once I started doing research, I kind of stopped after a while because I was like, if I keep going down the various rabbit holes, I'm going to have like 17 different podiums that I could pick from. Um, so it was quite hard. It was quite hard to narrow it down and. I I did the same as you. I sort of went for biggest rather than greatest sporting scandals. I don't know. It'll be an interesting episode. It'll be interesting to see if we have any crossover.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So if you've not listened to Three Sports Rankers before, uh, Callum and Sam will uh, put forward their bronze, silver and gold choices. And I will decide uh, who takes each place on the podium. Points awarded one for bronze, two for silver, three for gold. And speaking of points, going into the penultimate episode of this series, I'm on 21 leading the way looking to retain my title although I'm sitting this one out obviously. Uh, Sam is on 17 and Callum with quite a few listener points on the way. You're on uh, 13 but the title is is absolutely not in any case out of your grip here.
2: Well, yes and no because I'm <laughs> I'm hosting next week. So there's a very slim chance if I pick up all the listener points. And then somehow fix it next week so that you draw three All maybe I'll win. But I think it's pretty doubtful at this point.
0: Well, we're looking for a tight finish. Uh, It's looking like it's going to be a pretty close finish either way. Um, Callum, I'm going to start with you for bronze on sporting scandals. Mm -hmm. Uh, Which way have you gone? Uh,
2: I've gone for, unsurprisingly, an American sports answer, which is the 1919 Chicago White Sox. So we're going back over a century here, but uh, the 1919 Chicago White Sox were embroiled in what has become known as the Black Sox scandal uh, for when they threw the 1919 World Series against the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, The story behind it basically is that a New York mobster by the name of Arnold Rothstein came to the players who were unhappy with how much they were being paid by owner Charles Comiskey and said to them, you know, you're getting into the world series. If you throw the games and throw the series, I'll throw you a little, little extra something, something. Um, to sort of sweeten the deal if you if you throw the series. And I will bet big on the Cincinnati Reds. I'll win loads of money. You can have some of that money. Everyone's a winner. Um, so there were eight players in total who uh, were later banned for life from baseball and also subsequently from um, being submitted into the Hall of Fame. Um, so any of their successes and achievements were completely wiped off the face of the baseball earth. Um, and it's it's an interesting one because the Chicago White Sox at the time were actually the highest paid team in baseball. Um, and yet they still weren't happy with how much they were being paid. So it seems as though sports stars haven't changed in the last hundred years. Um, but essentially, they went into the World Series, lost uh, a number of games and then the gamblers and the mobsters started to renege on their payments because they were going to pay it sort of as a, an incremental thing for each game they lost. But it turns out that the players weren't paid for the first few games they lost, so they went, right, well, sod this. If you're not going to pay us, we're just going to win the World Series won a couple of games, and then the gamblers went whoa, whoa whoa whoa, 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 hang on a minute started threatening the players and their families, and then they lost the next few games, <laughs> lost the World Series and ended up getting paid anyway. Um, what they were paid, there were seven of them who were paid five thousand dollars, which is the equivalent to seventy four thousand dollars in 2019 and then the ringleader Chick Gandle received thirty five thousand dollars, which is the equivalent to over half a million dollars. In 2019, it's still talked about to this day as one of the, bi- the biggest baseball scandals. And that's up there with, you know, sort of the steroid era and last season's news that broke about the Houston Astros cheating. It's largely considered the, the, the biggest baseball sporting scandal uh, of all time. And there was talk even before the World Series began that, that it was going to be fixed because so many people had bet on the Cincinnati Reds to win, despite the fact that the, the White Sox were slight favorites going into the series. So that is my reason for the Black Sox being the uh, bronze pick. I just want to read something from the Wikipedia page, which is, I believe, the most 1919 thing to have ever happened, Uh, which is during the trial in 1921, White Sox president Charles Comiskey was called to the stand and became so agitated with questions being posed by the defence that he rose from the witness chair and shook his fist at the defendant's counsel. Oh don't like your don't like your <laughs> questioning. Don't know why he suddenly why, turned into why, someone from Somerset. From Somerset.
0: <laughs> so just reading up on the you mentioned the Astros there and I was just reading about their revelations of, you know, stealing those the signs, wasn't it, on the pitch from mm-hmm. The kind of two seasons past, um, using kind of technology to try and gain an advantage. There, this is good old fashioned skull daggery with the mob, isn't it? This one, um, back in the early 20th century. I see they were originally acquitted by the public court, and it was only the newly uh, commissioned kind of baseball president or whatever it was that actually just you know, threw the book at them.
2: I didn't actually read that bit. I was just kind of looking for reasons to put them in
0: bronze. <laughs> no, no, I just, I, I just find it interesting that in a public court, it was like, yeah, you know, fair game. But among baseball uh, hierarchy themselves, they decided to ban them for life and well, scrap all their records. Yeah.
2: baseball's always been a game sort of for the purists, by the purists. Like there's, there's a lot of people who are even today still not sort of up to date with the fact that having certain statistics mean, makes you a better player. Lots of people are still on the side of batting average, which is by far one of the most outdated statistics in sport. But, um, yes, yeah, baseball's always been a, a purist's game for the purists, by the purists. And uh, it seems as though even in 1919 that was the case.
0: Right, Sam, the Black Sox, which do sound like a little bit like, uh, I don't know, some kind of New Zealand... Kind of welly wanging team for some reason <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Sam, what's going up against them?
1: Um, well, don't give me, don't give me like actually that. actually the New Zealand way. What? No. Um, my bronze pick is the 2000 Paralympic Spanish basketball team. Um, one you might have to Wikipedia, Rob. Uh, but this is basically the story of how Spain was stripped of its intellectual disability basketball gold medals during the 2000 Paralympics. So intellectual disabilities, um, athletes with intellectual disabilities were only added into the Paralympics in 1996, so only four years before. Um, And in 2000, the sort of baseline to compete in these categories was that you had to undergo a mental test to show that your IQ was no higher than 75. Uh, That was the measurement at the time. I, I believe it's probably changed since then, but that was the measurement at the time. During the Paralympics, Spain absolutely cruised to the gold medal, suffered sort of no competition at all on the way. Um, but They didn't actually hold it for very long because one of the, their team, a man called Carlos Carlos Ribagorda, so not only was he a member of the victorious team, but he was also an undercover journalist. Um, and he revealed to a business that most of his colleagues had not undergone any medical tests to ensure that they actually had. Uh, an intellectual disability so initially the allegations were denied by the spanish federation of sports people with intellectual disabilities i think i've read that right possibly slightly wrong but um it was then later confirmed after testing was done that 10 of the 12 winning team members were in fact not disabled and did not meet the criteria um so the president of the SFSID because uh, I won't try to say it again. Martin Vicente then apologised and resigned. Um, I, the, the, big, the big aftermath of this, which is why it stood out, though, was that the IPC, the International Paralympics Committee, then decided to actually suspend all official sporting activities involving intellectual disability. And this was not brought back in, it was not reinstated until 2009. Uh, so there's nine years, almost a decade there, where athletes who... You know, fell into that category, had absolutely no way of competing. Almost this the, the decision by the Spanish team robbed uh, a section of Paralympic athletes for almost a decade. Two Olympics, they were not able to compete. And I just, I was sort of umming and Ring on my bronze. I mean, actually, the, the the scandal that Callum talked about was one I was thinking of, but this one had ramifications. for other athletes who who were innocent who weren't involved and lost a decade of their career and that was what really sort of irked me and why this one uh, this one landed in my bronze spot
0: as you were reeling off the story there I was just reading up on it myself and that's an incredible story I didn't know I'd not heard of that I was surprised I, believe I, I haven't of heard
1: of it either yeah it really surprised me and I I don't remember there being a big sort of I was six when the 2000 Paralympics... Yeah, but... The... I can understand not being that, like, clued up on it at the time. Um, but I was surprised I hadn't heard of it. And you know, these Category 4 athletes with intellectual disabilities was so fresh, it was so new, it, was, it must have been so exciting for, for any of those athletes at the time. And to have that stripped away for almost a decade, because one team got a bit greedy, and I, I'm sure it says on the Wikipedia page, they largely made the decision to do it for commercial and sponsorship reasons like that's it's just so unfair and and i just i i I didn't like how sort of blase the 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 spanish federation was about it as well just like oh no it wasn't us it wasn't us it wasn't us here's proof it was you oh okay yeah maybe it was us. maybe it was us maybe we did do that the one thing (laughs) i will say about that
2: though is that i've does the blame not mostly fall on the ipc for not successfully
1: testing people i i have to say i I don't know i don't know uh i don't know whether i I mean i'm sure now after that has happened the ipc will have will have stepped in and will now do its own testing but if i mean if if the blame wasn't with the ipc before that
0: yeah i suppose unless it's kind of an absolute criminal masterstroke a degree of blame lies with authorities in any scandal does not it for not rooting it out but That's, that's quite the story. Okay, so two quite uh, deep and dark uh, choices for bronze. I feel like we're not going to be getting any less deep or any less dark as we move up the podium. So uh, Callum, let's go for silver.
2: Yeah, we're not getting any less dark here. Uh, It's the Tonya Harding, Nancy Kerrigan scandal of 1994. Um, For those who are unaware, Tonya Harding and Nancy Kerrigan were the US numbers one and two in, uh, figure skating, heading into the 1994 Winter Olympics in Lillehammer. And, uh, you know, they were, they were both vying for a place on the plane. There was only one spot available automatically to US figure skaters. And, uh, they both wanted that spot. Somewhat miraculously, Nancy Kerrigan was injured after a, uh, after a practice session when she left the arena in Detroit and uh, someone ran up to her and hit her with a 21-inch baton in the kneecaps, bruising her knee and forcing her to miss the uh, US Championships the next day. Um, It would later come out that Tonya Harding's ex-husband had paid for the hitman. Tonya Harding's ex-husband and her bodyguard had both uh, masked... masterminded this uh attack on nancy kerrigan um to force her out of the u.s championships um what actually happened was that um tonya harding then won the u.s championships and got her place on the plane to Lillehammer, and every other u.s figure skater went do you know what? It's not fair that Nancy Kerrigan doesn't get to go to the winter Olympics. So they all stepped aside and allowed her to, to sort of take a wild card on the plane to Lillehammer. So Nancy Kerrigan ended up going. So Harding's Harding's plan. Well, Harding kind of claimed not to know anything about the plan, although there were letters found in her trash, which um, detailed Nancy Kerrigan's training regime and where she would be and when, and, uh, in 2018, she had finally admitted that um, something was going on. She was also uh, she also pled guilty to conspiracy to hinder prosecution and was hit with a 160 thousand dollar fine. But yeah, so they both ended up going on the plane to Lillehammer, and um, Tonya Harding's uh, one of her shoelaces broke in one of her skates, so she had to reskate her entire program. Uh, in the final, she ended up coming eighth. Nancy Kerrigan won the silver medal behind a surprising winner, Oksana Bayul. But um, it's it's almost like the world is run by karma gods if uh, Tonya Harding comes eighth after all that happens, you know, breaks a shoelace and has to re And then Nancy Kerrigan goes along and, and wins the silver medal. It's a, it's a big, big taste of humble pie for, for Tonya Harding. And uh, you know her her national championship title was revoked. Her she's she was banned from the U.S. Figure Skating Association forever, and everyone else involved in the scandal, apart from Harding, served
1: jail time for their involvement in the case.
0: Have you guys seen the film? I've no, seen j- the film. Oh, it's good.
1: I've got it on my on my list of films to watch, and I had no idea because I, I I I came across this one as well, and I I. It's, I'll say it's not in my list, but I really wanted to get it in my list because it's just such a, it's such an outlier in the sort of world of sports scandals. Like, unsurprisingly, there's not a whole lot under the figure skating scandal section on Wikipedia. And then there's just this bizarre story about like backstage attack. It's, it's I mean, it's a, it is a really, really just unique event. And I, I can't really think of any other think, where anything
2: like this. Yeah, happened. I mean, how often is figure skating, like even a back page, like news story, let alone a front page news story, which it was for like the best part of two months in, in 1994, like just such a minor sport. And then it just absolutely exploded after this attack. And, you know, it's it's absolute madness that it happened. And then for it still to be talked about, I mean, it's still, it's still referenced. And like Rob said, there was a film made about it and it's still referenced quite a lot of the time. And with what, 26 years on. It's, it's madness.
0: This kind of is the absolute peak of DIY scandal. <laughs>
1: That's such a weird but accurate way of putting this story. DIY scandal.
0: The collapsible uh, baton to the knee. Uh, right, Sam, I must say Callum's uh, hit us with a real stonker there. I am a big fan of the uh, Harding Kerrigan expose. Uh what are you what are you going for my my
1: silver silver is a is a very very different ilk um it's certainly bigger in the sporting world i'd argue that the the sort of the actual case itself is much less i mean fun's not the right word but probably much less interesting but i'm going to give you wire fraud i'm going to give you racketeering i'm going to give you money laundering i'm going to give you the 2015 fifa corruption case i don't really want to go into Oh, it's a big one. Because there's a lot, there is a lot that happened, a lot that went on. Um, But, I mean, the sort of very, very basics around it is an FBI investigation indicted 14 people in, in 2015, all of them, you know, senior FIFA officials in some capacity or another. A lot of the investigation was around collusion, between officials of continental football bodies, CONMEBOL and CONCACAF, um, as well as some sports marketing executives as well, it basically exposed widespread corruption um, at the top of the governing body of the biggest sport in the world. And that, for me, above anything else, is, is is how it ended up on my list. I, I It's not the most sort of... I was sort of that fun is not the right word, but it's not the sort of most exciting you know there's no well
0: it's quite it's quite dry isn't it and it's, it's, it's a it's, dry um...
1: story which is why I'm I'm not going to sit here and start reeling off loads of details about um everything but I mean ultimately it just left fifa in in shambles you know it, it led to Seb blatter leaving his post as president just 3 days after being voted back in I mean, him and UEFA president Michael Platini initially had a 90-day suspension. That was then increased to eight years, ban from the entire sport of football. Um, And I think now it's done, at least in the short term, it's done irreparable damage to FIFA's image. I mean, I, I know, you know, people sort of don't take FIFA as seriously as they would have done 10 years ago. It's hard to argue against that. I mean... For anything Infantino can do at the moment, the current president, it's 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 something that has made FIFA's image at least the next probably decade pretty irreparable because of just well, yeah, how widespread the, that's... the corruption was at the at the highest level or almost the highest level.
0: Kind of goes without saying, doesn't it? And interestingly, just last week, prosecutors in Switzerland launched legal proceedings against Infantino. In relation to an alleged secret meeting he held with the Swiss Attorney General uh, Michel Lauber, uh, you know Infantino will continue his role as FIFA president. Both men have denied any wrongdoing, but these uh, these tales and these waves of scandal and and mistrust just continue, don't they? In FIFA, and 2015 was the pinch point. Yeah, you're probably right, Sam. You don't really need to keep going on and on because we'll tie ourselves in a, in a, a legal noose if we do. Um, but Callum, what would you say, first of all, just about that? Because, yeah, two very, very different scandals. Yeah. Um, difficult to compare, I'll, I'll I'll probably admit, but I'm going to have to do that at some point. So.
2: I mean, it's it's... The one thing I will say about the FIFA scandal is that it was kind of bubbling under the surface for a long time before it came out. Like... When it when it eventually arrived, I don't think anyone was particularly surprised by what came out. You know, there, there'd always been talk that Sepp Blatter was running kind of a, a FIFA a, like a, a football esque dictatorship. Harding scandal just came completely out of the blue, and was so sort of, um, it it was completely sort of competition motivated and purely motivated by um. Fame and you know medals and competition. That it's it's that's why for me it got onto the podium at least ahead of FIFA.
1: I think, I think yeah, very what,
0: much a very much a grassroots scandal that isn't mm-hmm. it, or, or at least like a, ice sort roots, of, sort of
2: blue collar crime as opposed to white collar crime.
1: Yeah, what it does do, Rob, is it, it leaves you with a very interesting decision to make between, like, Callum said, or, or you said a minute ago, like a sort of DIY scandal that really stands completely alone in the scandal world or you know this is much less exciting but on a, on the scale wise the fifa one is is just is massive and and as callum said it was sort of bubbling on the surface for a few years in the lead up as well there was a lot of chatter and a lot of rumors and then it all came to a head in in 2015
0: callum i feel like this isn't going to be the case but i desperately want you to have the 2015 fifa Scandal is your goal, so I don't have to pick between the two. But I don't think it's going to be. What is it? What's top of your podium? Uh,
2: I have a feeling we might have the same thing at the top of our podium, Sam. I have gone for what the USADA called the most sophisticated, professionalised and successful doping programme that sport has ever seen. And that is the doping programme belonging to Lance Armstrong. Sam? I have the exact same thing in gold. I have the exact same quote written down as well. Yeah, so Lance Armstrong, as we all know, beat Look
0: at you two two scandalous 90s, peas in a pod.
2: Beat testicular cancer in the late '90s, and then went on to win seven Tour de France in a row—an unprecedented string of success in one of the most physically challenging races in the world. You know, he was the face of his sport for a time. He was the face of, um, you know, anti-cancer campaigns or the battle against cancer, and. You know, he was probably one of the best-known sports people in the world at the turn of the century for probably five years after that. And then it all just came crashing down after he retired. 2012, everything just blew up in his face. USADA filed charges against him. Um, I mean, seven years before that, there was um, they sort of back-tested some of his urine from 1999 and found EPO in it. Um, but those charges were kind of put on the back burner a little bit, and then, like I say, 2012, it all just came crashing down around him. Um, you know, he he, the USADA filed charges against him. He appealed. A federal judge dismissed them. You know, like the Department of Justice got involved like that's how serious it was the like the actual government got involved in a sporting scandal I just Sam you can take over from here because I feel like I've been talking for ages but the the Armstrong scandal is just mind-blowingly enormous for what it was
1: what it ultimately I mean this I penciled this in as gold before I'd done any other research and it was never moving because I knew that this was just it's the it's the, the biggest sporting scandal in the history of sport um, un- unquestionably, it's everyone's gold. If, if if yeah, if you had picked it as gold, Callum, I would have been absolutely. Well, let's disgusted. just let's just pause there then. Okay. Why
0: has Russia's state-sponsored doping not been in consideration then? It
1: it, w- it was in consideration for me. The re- I mean the reason this was gold came down to the very simple fact that Lance Armstrong has ruined the sport of road cycling completely. And what, what I sort of mean by that is no one can be successful in it anymore without anyone kind of going, they're, they're probably doping, they're probably on drugs. I, I quite like road cycling, but I find I can't have a conversation with any sort of casual sports fans about it because I go, oh, this cyclist really good, isn't it? He's going for a period of dominance. i will go, yeah, he's probably doping. They're all doping. He's probably doping. And the sport is, the sport is tainted. It's ruined the foreseeable future. And it's hard to see how it ever goes about repairing its image. And that is purely down to to Lance Armstrong. And I I think the story of Armstrong as well, you know, he's a cancer survivor, this kind of idea that he he battled back. It's something that people can really relate to and get on board with, and you want to support something like that. And for it all to come crashing down in in such unceremonious fashion, and the fact he spent his whole career saying, you know, I never doped Never dope, I never cheated. And then when it when it comes out, it's not like oh he did a little bit of EPO one year. It's consistent throughout his entire career. I mean, I when it when it all came out, I I read a book called Wheel Men. Um, I can't for the life of me remember who it's by, but it's one of the most fascinating books I've ever read. And I would recommend it to absolutely anyone. It is, I think it was written by two, a couple of Wall Street Journal investigative journalists and it's honestly one of the best books i've ever read i would highly recommend it it goes into really heavy detail about some of the actual practices and some of the processes that they use um, stuff like the the u.s postal service team would be on the team bus driving from sort of one stage to another the tour bus would break down and while they, they were like changing a tire, the entire team would lie on the floor of the bus. And that's where they do their blood transfusions, just on the middle of a mountain in the middle of nowhere while they were changing a tire. It's it, I mean, the level of detail, as, as Callum said, I mean, uh, the quote, I, I, I've got it written down somewhere, but I can't actually see it now. Oh, yeah. The most sophisticated, professionalized and successful doping program that sports has ever seen. I don't know why I'm still arguing for gold. We both get it's gold, but it can't, it
0: can't not be gold. An impassioned rant uh, how Lance Armstrong's completely ruined road cycling. Uh, one of our strongest, I think, in the history of three sports rankers, But uh, as you didn't, you didn't even have, you didn't even have to go there, Sam. But you went there anyway, and that's what we love about you on this podcast. We know what's top of the podium for sporting scandals. It's Lance Armstrong's doping history. Right, okay. So three points each. Now we look back to bronze and silver. I'm going to start with bronze. I'm going to have to go for the Paralympic team because I said I wouldn't justify, but I feel like I need to. I'm going to go for it because it's kind of multifaceted and it leaves an awfully bad sour taste in the mouth that, that a country or even just a department within the sporting system would would stoop so low to do this, but also it's the impact that it had, um, on Paralympic sport in general, um, and denied, as you say, almost a decade's worth of of athletes from competing. Callum, I thought that the 1919 black Sox is a really seedy and dark tale. Um, but the one thing I just kept thinking was, I'm sure there's probably other mobsters and gangsters that have got involved in sport. It's, it's although it's probably, I mean, would you say it's probably the most high profile? Yeah. Th- element of when you know when when money comes into it and, and gambling and you know I think, gangsters. I think in, and ter- stuff?
2: in terms of things that have been sort of concrete and proven, that's it's it's the only one really that's. <clears throat> on record as having happened. I'm sure, like you say, I'm sure there's sort of behind the scenes of exchanging of money for certain things. But, you know, we've seen it happen in cricket and things like that. But I think the the, the Black Sox scandal to still have such a lasting effect on the sport now is pr- is probably the most high profile one that exists.
0: So Sam's taking the bronze. Silver. My head says FIFA. My heart says harding
1: yeah that's that's absolutely right for, for for silver i think
0: i'm gonna give it to harding kerrigan because it's just it's so unique and it should be on here somewhere it, it feels a bit wrong to be omitting the fifa scandal which as you say sam was the biggest in the biggest sport in the world and has just stripped an organisation, a governing body, down to its bare bones. But I suppose the one thing I'd say with all this is it's arguably and allegedly not proven to be the case, still ongoing. And maybe there may come a day when everything changes for good. But as we know, with sport and money and power, things can get very complicated at the top. So we're going to go for um, Harding-Kerrigan's story just because it's bizarre and wonderfully weird Go away and watch the film, both of you and listeners. Callum's getting two points for the silver, and you're both getting three points for the gold with Lance Armstrong taking the podium. So I make that incredibly tight going into the final episode of Three Sports Rankers. Callum, I've got you on 18. I've got Sam pulling level with me on 21. So all to play for going into the final episode of Series 3. Callum, you're hosting. Sam and I are competing. Uh, You said you're taking the week off, but we will also be taking the opportunity in the last episode to be tossing up these listener points as well. So uh, we will spend the week putting those together and seeing where they lie. I feel like I'm going to have work to do (laughs) on that front uh, Callum, what have you chosen from the topics that we've been sent in by the listeners who, uh, it sounds as if we're going to have a big say in where the title ends up this series. Uh, what have you gone for just and what are Sam and I going to be spending quickly, the Very quickly, we research? should say
1: thank you to Nick Wright for sending in this week's topic, Sporting scale Again. Again, yeah, back-to-back to back back listener topics.
2: He is, uh, yeah, he's, he's, been, he's been pretty good at sending those listener topics in. He also wanted me to tell you, Sam, that um, if he ever plays you at tennis, he would uh, double-bagel you. A little bit of fighting talk as well.
0: <laughs> looking at Nick, you can come again. With topics <laughs> like that and with trash talk like that, you can come again. Um,
2: Absolutely. Looking at the list of suggestions, <laughs> did we do sporting rivalries last series?
0: Yeah, we did.
2: Yeah. In which case, do I make it three out of three for Nick Wright?
1: Uh, The Nick Wright listener topic hat trick?
2: No. Do you know what? I'm going to go with a suggestion that came from one of our old colleagues. But uh, I want you to give me the three best World Cup goals since I'm going to put a parameter on this since 2002
0: well cuz just oh, otherwise just you have plucking to, 2002 out of there
2: otherwise you have to go back and look at like god knows how many goals at least yeah, if i go fine. 2002 you've got a finite number of goals okay. to pick from i mean you still have a finite number of goals to okay. pick from anyway but um so best world cup goals since 2002 is going to be next week's listeners topic <laughs>
0: To finish off series three and decide where the title goes 18 plays 21 plays 21. We'll be back next week uh, with the finale of series three. Remember, you can get us on social media at 3 Sports Rankers on Twitter and on Instagram. And uh, we say this every week, but it really would mean the world. If you're listening to this and you've got your phone next to you, uh, just jump on the app. There will be a, a rating, a scoring, a reviewing system. Just give us as many stars as you like there. Uh, Not many people do it across the podcasting platforms. And as a result, yeah, Sam wants all five stars, and quite right, (laughs) so especially for his Lance Armstrong impassioned rant today. Um... Give us a review. Uh, As I say, not many people do it on the podcasting platform. So any podcast that does get some reviews any particular week, it really does help us promote and grow. We are only small. We're looking to become bigger. Uh, We hope you enjoy what we're producing for you uh, through this lockdown period. Uh, Until next time then, from Callum, Sam and myself, uh, we'll speak to you next week on Three Sports Rankers.